Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to group text. Okay, I don't know about the rest of you, but all I have to hear are the iconic single piano keys of the Young and the Restless theme, and I'm off to Genoa City. The characters of Lauren Fenmore and Tracy Abbott have been rivals on YNR for over the past four decades. But my guests today, Emmy winners Tracy Bregman and Beth Maitland, have been BFF since they both began on the Young and the Restless back in the 80s. They're about to celebrate the show's 50th anniversary beginning Thursday, March 23rd at 12.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Pacific on CBS, and continuing with a ton of special events and episodes the following week. You don't want to miss all the romance and rivalry that's made CBS's longest-running scripted series the most fun you can have while staying at home. Please welcome to Group Text, real-life best friends, Tracy Bregman and Beth Maitland. Hi, ladies. Hi. How are you? Holy shit. Holy shit, that's a long time. (laughs) You're telling us. Uh, So people and and younger people uh, may not understand just how popular daytime dramas or what we also know as soap operas were in the 80s. It was a billion-dollar industry. Storylines along the way became more modern, more fantastical, suspenseful. Acting teachers in New York and L.A. were running soap opera acting classes for daytime hopefuls. I mean, literally, and I, I remember this, bars held happy hours where they would had remember for this vcr uh vcr the episode and people went after work to watch the playback because people didn't want to miss their programs now mind you we're not just women but men as well and abc even preempted i cannot believe this the daytime coverage of the 19th 84 Olympics in Los Angeles so viewers wouldn't miss General <laughs> Hospital. I, a smart network. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you look back at the, I mean, just the inc- incredible history of the genre, uh, are you amazed? Well, I think what Beth and I, so go ahead, Bethy, go oh, ahead. Sweetie. No, no, you go ahead. Well, uh, Beth and I were just talking about how grateful we were to have experienced all that in the 80s, because Beth and I would do personal appearances in Canada and fill what, you know, what we know as the Beverly Center. And it was our Elvis moment (laughs) of of people jumping on our limos and pounding in windows and uh, not being able to walk down the street. And when we started, there were, Beth, 13 or 14 soaps, right? And now we have uh, three on network, one streaming. And um, I'm just so grateful that Beth and I got to see everything in its heyday. Okay. 
correct me if I'm wrong. Beth, you joined Young and the Restless in 82 and Tracy in 83. Were you guys fans of soap operas before that? Were your moms like these avid watchers? Absolutely not. My my mother was a professional person. Um, we were in those days, they called us latchkey children. Both of my parents worked and we came home after school and um, let it, had her house key and let herself in. And there was a neighborhood lady if we had an emergency that we could call. No. I, and I, the only soap opera that I watched be, before I was on one was Dark Shadows. Do you remember that? It was like a um, sort of a sci-fi. It was not science, but horror uh, about vampires and witches. And that's the only, and I would watch it during the summer uh, when I was off school, but I had never watched a continuing daytime drama. And Melissa, you also have to remember that this was a time when Tracy and I both started, the VCRs were just starting. They right at first, there was no way to record the show and there were no streaming and internet options. There was no internet yet. And so, God, that's, it makes me sound like Victorian or something, but, but um, the, the, the only way you could watch was to be there in front of your television at that moment at 11 or 1130, whatever time your show started, you had to be there in front of that screen. So these were diehard people welcoming us into their homes every single day with no other viewing options. They couldn't, you know, go to cable and watch a movie. This was it. And um, it was, Tracy said, Elvis status. She's not kidding. Oh, I know. Um, I know. So, So you joined in 82 and Tracy, you joined in 83. Tracy, right, how, so did, my story is a little, yeah, so how did you get the role? Oh, how did I get the role? So um, it, I, when I was 14, uh, was hired for Days of Our Lives. Just my little story on on watching soap operas. Um, My mother watched Days of Our Lives. But when I was 12, I was attacked by a German shepherd and he uh, ripped down the left side of my face. And I was told by the doctor that sewed me up, okay, you can't be in a swimming pool and you can't be in the sun uh, again until you're completely healed. So when all my friends were outside with baby oil on them, I was inside. And that's when I started watching soap operas because I wasn't allowed outside. And and, uh, when I was 14, I was hired on Days of Our Lives by Wes Kenny. And then Wes Kenny went to the Young and the Restless and in 1982 drove up my driveway and literally said, hey, kid, you want to do another soap opera? And I was on a nighttime series at the time at NBC called Second Family Tree, and it had just been canceled. And I said, well, I I could probably do it for a few months. And he said, well, what about, you know, from January to the summer? I said, oh, okay, that sounds cool. And they they, uh, brought me in to uh, audition for Doug Davidson, Paul Williams' sister. And we all realized I was so not that character of Patty Williams. (laughs) And so they uh, wrote, and and created the character of Lauren Fenmore for me. Can you remember your first day on set? Yes, because it was with Beth Maitland, um, who showed me everything. Uh, I didn't even know where anything was, what to do. Bethy took me under her wing and and showed me everything. Uh, we had twenty two pages of dialogue of Lauren at that time had no back uh, had no last name. And she was Tracy Abbott's best friend who had just lost her virginity. <laughs> Beth, Nat Bernstein is the one who ran lines with me in my parents' kitchen <laughs> to get me ready for my first day with you. 
that work <laughs> and, with Matt. And Melissa, j- just for the record, Matt Bernstein is a very successful showrunner. He was a comedian yeah. and a fine actor in those days. Um, but but he is like a Hollywood royalty at this point. So that's so fun. They were in comedy class together. So Beth, what, we was, your, what was your first day on set? Um, my actually, my first day was with the um, he has um, now left us, uh, Jerry Douglas, um, who played John Abbott, the patriarch of the Abbott family. They were just developing the family. Um, they the show was sort of in transition, uh, eliminating a couple of major and and soap operas are based on sort of fa- familial rivalries. So there's like powerful, rich families, and there's uh, there's uh, economically different, like like blue collar families, and they all you know intermarry and and buy for power and money and control. So, and romance. Um, So they were building a new Abbott family around uh, Jack Abbott, who was a character that was already on the show. My first day was Jerry Douglas coming to pick me up at boarding school on my graduation day from high school to bring me home. And um, it was the introduction just a couple of days apart for both Abbott sisters. Eileen Davidson uh, started a couple of days before me and he went to pick her up at college. So he was bringing both of the girls home to introduce us and make us this new um, core family for the show. And it went great. I thought I was only hired for the summer for just a few months to um, be in a teen story for the summer and um 40 plus years later, I guess it went okay. <laughs> and fortunately, six months after I started, Tracy Breckman was brought in to play my best friend, but also arch rival. And so it was uh, the launch of a bullying storyline that went on for several years. Um, romantic competition and conflict. Um, uh, it, we, and from the first day, it couldn't have, our relationship couldn't have been more opposite from what we were playing. And I think a lot of the mean stuff, Tracy, speak to this. I think it would hurt her feelings more that she had to say mean things to me than it hurt mine listening to them. (laughs) Oh my God. What I had to say was so not PC. In fact, when they did all the flashbacks for my 40th anniversary, they couldn't show a lot of the stuff I said to you because it wouldn't be allowed on television today. Isn't that great? But what just struck me about what you were saying is, could you even imagine letting basically a strange adult male have pick up one of your children at school to bring you home, like at, from graduation from boarding school? I mean, that's nuts. You, you, you mean the comparison between real life and what we have to play on television? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I, fortunately, I was in my 20s. I mean, I was playing 18, but I was right. in my 20s. But but yeah, it is. An, I mean, Tracy can speak to that more because she started acting in front of the camera. I did my first play when I was 13. I did mostly theater. But Tracy had to do some really interesting things as a young person under 18. Yeah, because I mean, you yeah. could, by the way, you couldn't even, like you said, you could not even show that today. Uh, no, you couldn't even I couldn't even remotely say what I, I said to her. Um, plus, I also went through all the standards and practices like some some years you couldn't show uh, a down to the middle of my back in a bed scene. And then we went through the, the tushy years where we were seeing every every, every guy's tushy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and luckily they abandoned that. Not that I didn't like seeing some of those tushies, but, um, you know, <laughs> I, I think, it, I think, very different um, climate. I, I, yes, I think that uh, more what, what she's speaking to is the meanness, the, the horrible things, especially, especially weight related story oh. that Lauren said to Tracy, as well as it was our, awful. our, our, um, uh, our, our, 
creator and um, revered Bill Bell, um, was also a pioneer in telling difficult stories. Each summer, he would use the time kids were off school and watch, and he knew they were watching his show, to do some kind of outreach, a specialty story that that was, um, a, a, for example, mine were mostly weight-related because I was a sort of an unusual character. Um, there was a story that I uh, spent the summer with bulimia. It had only just been named. They didn't have bulimia. I mean, they had it, but they hadn't identified it and categorized it until around about that time. So I spent a summer throwing up in my eating brownies and throwing up in my <laughs> in my, in my uh, bedroom bathroom. So so I so people could see. Um, it was a real chance he took outreaching and stuff. There was a diet pill addiction storyline. Tracy has had some as well. There were some teenage pregnancy stories. These were all really controversial at the time. And nowadays, a lot of those things, like Tracy was saying, couldn't be told because now we're PC. Now we've sort of evolved, let's hope, um, and continue moving forward instead of backward in terms of openness and appropriateness. Inclusive. Mm -hmm. Inclusive. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But don't you think some of those stories that were very groundbreaking at the time still need to be told? Always. I think it's always a good uh, opportunity, a teaching moment, or you never know who you're going to affect. And that one person who says, oh, my God, I didn't I didn't know. Or now I understand so many things. I, I, I love emotionally rich stories. And it's always great when it's socially relevant. I want to go back to something you said earlier, which was your Elvis moment. The, the people don't know, or younger generations don't know, the 80s were like soap opera mania to the point where Dustin Hoffman made Tootsie, which is right. an actor so desperate to get onto a soap. He dresses great, as great a, a woman to land the role and in the movie, you go through covers of magazines and this and that. How did you even begin to process what was going on in that whole genre as well? And that's part of the Tootsie storyline as well. People actually believing you were these people. Well, Beth will tell you, I mean, I had death threats because of our storyline. You know, because I was saying not so nice things to to uh, Tracy Abbott about her weight and people took it very, very seriously. And I think a lot of these generations don't remember what it's like. We only had a landline. We didn't have our phones. I was we didn't have all exactly. these these streaming services. We had just a couple of networks, you know, and so to be entertained during the day you were watching game shows and you were watching soap operas and a lot of professional people would um, have their lunch around our show hours, judges, sports figures, huge, you know, singers, entertainers, um, everyone from all walks of life would, would literally, it was entertainment, you know, during the day, a lot of these people were getting up at the time that our show was starting so it was a very, very different time. And we didn't even have, you remember TiVo or anything like that. So if you missed the show and you didn't record it, let's go even further back. I'm from the Betamax stage. <laughs> I remember the Betamax. And, and you asked... And you asked Melissa about how we process it. I think the only way to process it is not to process it. Uh, we were young. We were 
just having our first few really big jobs. And we were, we thought this was what was always supposed to happen, that we thought this was just a, a normal day and didn't realize that Tracy and I did a lot of singing on the show in the 80s. And with Michael Damien and Patty Weaver, we would have huge rock concerts every summer, literally Vegas status with laser lights and smoke effects and hundreds of extras. And it was unbelievably big production values then. We thought that's just what everybody did. We thought that was, you're supposed to show up at the parking lot at Capitol Records in Hollywood to pre-record the tracks. I mean, we didn't know any better. And I think that's how I speak for myself, I guess, uh, processed was just to think that's what was supposed to happen and be in it and be grateful, have fun. We were living rich, amazing dream lives. And I think uh, Tracy and I, at least uh, both just reveled in it and appreciated it so much, even more so now as everything, the dynamic and the, the structure and the the number of shows still on has changed so dramatically. We look back at those magical times and just um, are so grateful. But I've got to tell you something, the workload that we handled at that time. I mean, Beth and I were raising kids working four and five days a week, 12 to 15 hour days, then going to Capitol Records, recording, coming home, learning 20 to 40 pages of dialogue a day, and then doing it all over again five days a week. And, you know, I, I don't think in other acting genres, you, you have long days and long hours, but not what the daytime community had on them. And, and that is every actor on every show. And I am so glad we were young when we did that. <laughs> in addition, in addition, oh. there's, no, there's no end of the season. There's no hiatus. Right. There's no break. There's a there's a Christmas holiday or a holiday time. There's a few days off, maybe at Thanksgiving. But there, this is a show that is on every day, during the week, every day, every week, all year long. This is not no reruns, no repeats. Now there's maybe uh, you can see it on Paramount Plus. You can you know watch it in streaming. You can watch it on YouTube. There are other venues to repeat uh, 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 watching it. And it's now in foreign countries as well. Um, then it was on th that day, that time, and that's it. <laughs> oh. The next day was a new day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I was, and people don't realize that on movies, if you do four pages a day, you are flying through it. Normal TV shows that aren't sitcoms, but more of dramas or, or single camera shows, maybe seven to eight, possibly 10 pages a day. And you guys are doing 15 to 20 every day. How did you? We're, we're actually we're shooting seven. It's like seventy, right, Beth? We're shooting I mean, I think seventy. Our, the whole length of a script is between sixty-five and seventy pages. Right. That we're talking about what we personally have. Oh, our yeah. Scene that we, we, yeah. Yeah. What we personally. Well, that's right. Saying, and but, so, and now we're shooting five shows in four days. So we're right. doing an hour and fifteen minutes of television per day. Which to and, to what you're saying is at nighttime it can take them seven to ten days to shoot. 
And, and, and I think it's typical that actors from other uh, areas of entertainment are brought in to play a role on a soap opera. And, and there have been actors on our very show that from another area of show business, very popular, big stars that couldn't manage the load that had to just call it and say, I can't, I can't keep up. How did you even begin to learn to memorize that much? That, well, first of all, my brain now, I have to warn anybody new in my life. <laughs> Dating's interesting. I literally have to say to them, uh, don't take it personally, but I won't remember a thing about you until the third time you've told me, and then I'll be on to you. Because my whole life, since I was 14, my brain has been set up to absorb a great deal, purge it. And I always say I sit in the CBS parking lot. And it's like a windshield wiper and it does not differentiate. It just literally dumps everything to make room for more dialogue. And there goes everyone's details. Everyone's everything yeah. else. Yeah. The, the minute this, the directors say moving on, you'll, I can We're tell done. you what it was about, but I can't, re- I am the same way. I can't remember. I would have to look at a script again and relearn my lines. It, moving on, onto the next one thing at a time fully and then it's over <laughs> that's it's like me with, delete. yeah that's like me with red carpets it's just by today i couldn't tell you what anyone wore it's just been a full brain dump <laughs> which i'm thinking might be good for your kids because they can say you never grounded me <laughs> and i'd have to say you're probably right yeah you're just, let, <laughs> i don't remember let, let me just think for a second here um when when new cast members arrive, at this point, do you, I'm sure you're generous and help them settle in, but do you just, for your own shits and giggles, just let them flounder for a couple hours just for fun and just to amuse yourself? No. I, uh, <laughs> Beth, Beth, is it, you do? No. No, no, I said I don't. I, I you know, oh, no, me neither. I've been on on so many sets where I have felt absolutely alienated and you know, didn't really know where to turn in my early life. I that was very intimidating to me to be somewhere new. Um they tell you in acting school that you're supposed to walk on a set like you own it. <laughs> and it, and I could never I it took me a while to own it. So I if somebody is st- it doesn't matter if they're a new actor or a, a crew person or a guest walking down the hallway. If somebody's looking around, I always stop and say, "Do you need help?" <laughs> yes, yeah, me too. You know, I wanted yeah. I wanted that for me when I was young. That's so Definitely. nice of you. Because I would think also, at this point, you guys would have so many inside jokes and so so many things to giggle about. That you might we can't have... remember it, Melissa. Oh, good. We can't remember it. You don't. You left it in the parking lot. <laughs> you know, Melissa. There's another interesting thing that develops when you're around people that many hours a day. For that, I'm I'm not kidding. Tracy and I have been together at work. We've also been together at home and and socially, but we have been together at work for forty years. Forty years. So there's, you talk about uh, private jokes and things like that, but I think you develop this real, um, on a daytime drama, unlike any place else, not doing a long run in a theater and a production, uh, doing a movie that takes maybe a year to shoot the whole thing on a daytime drama, because we're talking about decades here. We, we, 
right now, everybody that's there wants to be there. Everybody that's there is grateful to be there. Most of the people that are there have been there a long time. And there's private jokes, but there's all this celebration, lifting each other up. It's not even joking. It's just so we're so happy every day we come to work to be together and to be there still. And uh, I mean, it's, it sounds kind of corny and, and, uh, but it's the truth. We're so we're the, we're the last man standing pretty much we're, there's just a few left and we're so grateful to be there. And it also, what, for an actor to be able to pick up a, pl- a, a paycheck <laughs> every week for getting <laughs> to do what you love to do is a gift. Amen. Amen, sister. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think absolutely. That, I think that's why people also like to stay on soap operas because in acting, it's so you know mercurial, and it's so up and down. That kind of uh, of safety is unheard of. Do you think that allowed you to actually? And I'm not talking about the brain dump. That kind of security <laughs> allowed you to have a more normal life with your families in a way, you know, mom went to work and then came home and it it was very consistent. And I see big actors now going on to series because they don't understand until they do one, you get to stay home. You get to be in one place and be a part of a real family. Well, first of all, I never, I'm, I'm always after 40 years still, I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be working next month. That's just, who I am. That's between but you. That's, I, between, say, that's between you and your therapist. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but, oh, I have a list for that. <laughs> that would be one of them. But um, I always said that I was so grateful to Young and Restless and Bold and Beautiful because I got to do the two things that I love the most. And that was act and be a mom. And not in that order, be a mom and act. And uh, bring my babies to to the studio for the first two years of their lives. And um, because of the way that we shoot, we have two stages. I usually could either drive my kids to school or pick them up from school. Uh, room mother for 12 years. You know, I, I really felt like I could do the two things that were very, very important to me because Beth and I had our children to be with our children and to raise our children. And uh, we got so lucky to be able to be on at a job that afforded us that. And, and I can speak for sort of a different experience. Although I've been on the show for 40 years, I'm the only actress to play my role as is Tracy. Um, uh, I have been off of contract for 32 of those 40 years, which means that it's at their leisure when I return. So there have been periods of six months here, four months there, two months here, whatever, where I've not been on the canvas. And so I have two other careers that I pursued in order to be able to um, provide for my raising my daughter and uh, have my uh, financial life be secure and um, and sort of under control so that I could um, be available when I could do the thing that I loved the most, which is which is acting. So um, I, I, there was a lot of juggling that goes on, even within that that sort of band of security of being a, a, an iconic trademark family character. I wasn't 
in the forefront of the story after about the first five to seven years. Um, after when we moved into the 90s and things changed a little bit and my character had uh, sort of run its course in terms of the weight storyline that that um, that the writers wanted to um, uh, sort of um, use as summer summer stories for outreach. Um, so so my experience was a little bit different than actors that have been on the show for 40 plus years, always under contract, always with a secure job like you're describing. So, and Tracy too has been, has come and gone. Uh, She crossed over and did Bold Bold and the Beautiful for a while back and forth. So we've both kind of, we're not wanderers and we're certainly not lost, but we, um, we have not had the kind of security that you're describing, but every time we come back, we have this safe place, this beautiful place to blossom and flourish. What were your other careers? What were your other businesses? <laughs> well, they're 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 not that interesting. I work in production. One of my other careers is that I work in production. I work on sitcoms mostly um, in a production booth, and I take post production notations. And I do. I was um, hoping to train to be a director and um, directed some small projects for myself. But but um, mostly then it became sort of so back and forth that I didn't settle in to either one hundred percent. So I have this other production career that I'm sort of just moving away from and retiring from shortly. Um, in addition, I have a creative life where um, outside of the show, I, I'm a, a textile designer. I'm a long arm quilter. I'm a, I create home accessories and personal accessories. I have um, uh, a, a little sort of a, a teaching uh, website for, uh, and I get, I, teach students that are learning how to long arm quilt or, or quilt or sew or design. I, so I have some, I, in order to satisfy my creative outlet as well. What is long arm quilt? <laughs> I know. See what I mean? It's like, it's not nearly as, as interesting as Tracy will tell you what her other businesses are. And they're amazing and fascinating. Um, a long, a long I, this is so grandma, <laughs> a long arm quilter is the person. So, so people sit at home and they sew the quilt top and they sew all the patches together and make a beautiful top but it's not a blanket yet it's not a quilt yet they send it to me I designed the stitching I have a big machine that's five feet by 12 feet long it looks like a gatling gun and I I propel the sewing it's a sewing machine that I move uh, across the and I put three layers together the backing the quilt batting I can't believe I'm talking about this. <laughs> and and their beautiful top and I make it into the finished product. Oh, her quilts are so gorgeous. Do you have a link for your quilt? Yes. We'll put oh my a link God, up. Guys, I'm drama queen bee quilt studio. So you can look, look up Beth Maitland. You'll find me. Uh, I don't even know what to ask next about that other than the pivot. And Tracy, have you learned a quilt over the last 40 <laughs> years? I'm so not a quilter. <laughs> I'm so not talented in any of those areas. Uh, no. No, I have not. But, but, you've she's done talented, a, but she's you've, talented in it as, as an entrepreneur. Yeah, you so had, talk to Tracy about her entrepreneurial okay. efforts because it's amazing. Of course, Go I was going to say, I know you've done a lot of other things. And um, I mean, what was the first one? What was the first product? Um, let's see. Lasting Kiss was my first product. Uh, I've done a lot of branding. Um, Pilates, Malibu Pilates, the Pilates Pro Chair has been my last one. I was the face of Jabot Cosmetics, which was the first 
um, retail line for CBS and Sony Pictures based on the fictitious beauty brand on The Young and the Restless named Chabot. Uh, so that was an extraordinary run as well. I have Airbnbs and horse boarding and, you know, commercial real estate. Oh, and, and I own buildings. It's like, you sound like my mother. It's like, oh, that sounds interesting. I'll try that. Oh, that sounds interesting. I'll try that. It's like you have yes, that I brain. Am, I, I, that, that, yes, if that's called a Joan, that's I am. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, um, I like to try a lot of different things, as Beth will tell you. Every time we're like, I'm like, hey, you know, I think I'm going to go into this space. And I'm, and I'm actually um, doing a, a little sidestep into something new, into the space of kind of um, where we all are. The I, I don't know how old you are, Melissa, but I'm um, going to step in a big way into the over 50 space. Oh, yes, I am. I am officially over 50 and we need things. Back to y and R. What was the weirdest storyline you've ever been a part of? Because I there have been some wacky storylines. Beth, do you- <laughs> what do I have to go first? Mine aren't as well. Okay, I'll go first. But I, I, I um, I will, I will say that there. I don't know if it's weird, but we talked about like the bulimia storyline. It was uncomfortable, and um, th- there have been other stories where you know my husband died under the ice and my daughter died of a drowning but not I mean there have been odd things that have happened but I think the most strange for me personally was doing the bulimia storyline at a time there was no internet there was no way to do research there was no way to find out what this was all about and and um and it was I was not prepared and it was not fully researched and so it was it was very difficult for me to I take things really seriously and I, and I really wanted to um, uh, present that accurately and truthfully as best to, I I could at a time where I couldn't get a lot of, there was not, it was brand new um, as an illness. And so there was not a lot of research I could do. So that was a really, that was the hardest, probably the most uncomfortable. Well, God, Beth, you're way too nice because all I think about is, because I watch a lot of, you know, forensic files is I could explain (laughs) drowning, not drowning. (laughs) <laughs> she was killed and then put in water because there was no water in her lungs. I could have solved that uh-huh. for you however many years ago. Tracy, what was your strangest storyline? Uh, buried Alive. Oh, that's Definitely. a good one. Yeah. That's a tough and, one. Um, yeah, and, and I'm claustrophobic. So, of course, when they told me they were going to have to show me in the coffin, I was like... Uh, how are we actually shooting this? Because you can't put anything over my head. And uh, Stephen Ford happened to be on the show at the time, President Ford's son. And he had to put his feet in the coffin with me and I had to hold it on his feet. And they literally put the top on when they were counting down and it came off at the top of the scene or I, I would, they would have had to have a stunt, Lauren, because I couldn't have done it. But that was odd. That that's I can, odd. I can tell you one of our most fun um, storylines was when we actually had an iconic cat fight in a hospital waiting room, and we, <laughs> she threw water in my face. I pushed her magazines down in a breakaway coffee table. We went through a coffee table, and it was such a girl fight. We were like pulling hair and throwing magazines and swatting at each other. It was probably the most fun I've had on set. How about you, Tracy? 
Well, I've had to do a lot. Oh, excuse me. Miss Ivy wants up. Uh, my little girl. Um, I've had to do a lot of cat fights, strangely enough. But it was always with Kimberlyn Brown, who's like strong and tough and, you know, she's ready to go. Beth and I are the least physical people <laughs> you will ever meet. And for the two of us to be to be doing this cat fight, we were like, ah, okay. Oh. It was it was so funny. And it it's perfect because they I it I think it worked because we were so not badass. <laughs> How do you keep from just you know, throwing each other through coffee tables and and not just starting keeping the giggles down until they yell cut. Well, there were a lot of giggles that day. <laughs> there definitely were. <laughs> yeah. And very thankful for our stunt doubles. Let's just say that. And this was, and, as I say, and this before they put extensions in people's hair. So no one's weave fell out. You know, there could no have one's been a, weave fell out. Yeah, it could have been a <laughs> other behind the scenes drama. Right, exactly. That uh, would be that would be the biggest fight of all time. Someone's weaved. <laughs> <laughs> I broke a nail. Stop everything. Stop. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Emergency manicurist to the set. Right. <laughs> uh, this the show takes place in the fictional Genoa city, and you brought this up earlier. How has the town changed? Because when you started, we were one step past rotary phones. <laughs> I mean, did yeah. you have, do you remember those big block cell phones? Did you have to pretend to use those on set? Do you remember the first time someone brought that in and said, what the hell is that? Well, Beth, do you remember? I always had a car phone. My father was always in the forefront of, of something. And so I always had a car phone. Um, and Beth would say, stop calling me because I could never get a line. <laughs> do you remember that all those years ago? I do. And I remember buying a new car and having to wait for them to uninstall my car phone from the old car to reinstall my car phone. They put it on the, you know, the little a transmission bump down the middle of the, between the seats that we had, in, we had installed car phones. I didn't ever, I didn't jump on it early enough. Maybe your dad did Tracy when it was actually a land to shore link. My, my boss, I used to work in a casting office and my boss had one that he carried in a suitcase that was like an <laughs> offshore line. <laughs> but um, the, the first, I don't think they used that kind of technology in any story I did until just recently. Really? And now everybody's on their phone. Everybody in the story is on their phone and they're, they have like little bubbles with text, text dialogue and a little thought bubble over people's phones. They show the screen and insert that people's texting. Um, I don't think until recently we used them in storylines. How about you, Tracy? Yeah, I agree. I, what do you say? Like the last 10 years or something yeah, like that? Really? Yeah. Because yeah. I, 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 well, mm -hmm. I, I would immediately think, because I'm a producer, you could have gotten a lot of money for product placement. But that's just me. I mean, <laughs> and, you know what, and that's I, often, even computers, I've, I've made that suggestion, made that suggestion. CBS was late to the party. They did not want to enter into uh, product placement uh, arrangements. And so that was a corporate decision. So um, I think, I think uh, the storytellers have to just go along with the policy of the bosses. Yeah, which sometimes absolutely sucks. So you two are best friends in real life and in real time. Yes. Tracy, uh -huh. what was the most yes, in real time? Uh, what was the Tracy? What was the most special moment of Beth's life that you ever got to witness? 
there's there's so many, but the birth of her daughter, Amelia. Beth, and that was incredible. And that's exactly what I was going to say about uh, and thinking of that quickly. That's the first thing that comes to mind too: the birth of both of her sons, um, uh, Austin first, um, uh, whose birthday is coming. Um, and it changed our lives. It changed who we were. It completed us in ways that only mothers, as you know, understand. And, um, the single most significant, um, change in our friendship and our lives as, as the wholeness of, of the people we are have, has been the birth of our children. And they were, they're all around the same age. And Austin used to call Beth. Aunt Beth of Beth Farms. <laughs> she always had horses. <laughs> um, when you spend all day at work together and you're raising your kids together, was there ever a point where you would just say, you know what, I think this year we're going to vacation separately? <laughs> well, we don't vacate. We don't vacation together. But honestly, we could we could be on set all day every day and and still go on vacation together and have a great time i think we could i i tracy is the one of the most uncomplicated people in terms of her requirements she uh, is so easy to be with so easy to eat out with so easy to travel with we went every summer we would go to canada for two weeks and do the canadian national national exhibition together and stay across the hall at the hotel and eat every meal together and go shopping and we did a lot of traveling in our early lives before our families she's the easiest person in the world she is so flexible she is so accommodating Uh, and I, i i really could we could probably be roommates i mean seriously she's amazing and and I say the same for Beth as well, who, by the way, is an amazing cook and is so nice with my dietary restrictions. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I, I, I look back and I have, I'm fortunate that I have, fr- my closest friends are still my friends from college, except for one or two other people. And I always love to think about what was the stupidest thing they ever did that I got to witness or know about. I think when one of my friends who has three daughters and one was standing next to her and we we were at an event and they go, Oh, how many daughters do you, how many children, how many daughters do you have? And she goes two, and without missing a beat, I go three. And she goes three. (laughs) I mean, I have seen, (laughs) she forgot how many daughters. Well, one was standing next to her. I think of shit that my friends have done over like where you just go, I still can't get my head around that you and believe me, they can do it to me. What are the stupidest moments you've ever witnessed with each other? We probably can't talk about them because <laughs> they might be relationships. <laughs> Boy, I don't, I don't have one. I don't have one. You don't do anything stupid. Oh, trust me, I do. But I just, you know, I, I. I, I don't think we've ever had that kind of slip up um, with each other. I, I know that I wish that maybe we hadn't experienced certain things that we experienced in our personal life. And you and I can look at each other and go, well, it wasn't great. But they sort of made us who we are today. I agree. I, I, I can tell. Can I talk about our Emmy night, our Emmy day? Yes. I want yeah. to hear about the Emmy night when you both won. 
I know. Un- unbelievable. And so w- here we are, young soap divas, <laughs> really, really new at this. And um, I, I only because by virtue of where the award presentation landed in the show, I uh, won as a Best Supporting Actress came first before, before Tracy's uh, award was presented. And on the way up the stairs, I walked out of my shoe. <laughs> in those days, everything was, it was more like a, a banquet hall. Yes. It was at the Waldorf Astoria and it was at a, it, like a banquet. It wasn't theater seating. It was tables and the presentation was done, uh, but it was, and it was obviously live television, but it was difficult to, it was difficult to get around all the people and the camera operators are in between the tables. And I walked right out of my shoe up the stairs and I had, it's live. So I couldn't limp all the way to the podium. So I had to go back and get my shoe. It was horrifying. And Tracy Bregman said, just think of it like you're Cinderella. (laughs) And I, I will never forget it. I will never, I'll never get over the kindness. That's very sweet. And, And you know, the funny thing is, is that for 40 years or yeah, it was 38 years when we, we won. Um, for me, I always said Beth was the first actor that ever won. And at her 40th celebration, I said that. And she said this story. It's only because of where it was placed in the show. And I was like, I never once ever considered that that would be true. For me, Beth was the number one. That's amazing. Who, who won first. And, I, and how incredible and extraordinary that we got to win the same year. And Melissa, so you know, we were the first actors to win any any Emmy for acting for, in the whole history of the show. We were the first two to win Emmys ever for an acting award ever for the show. That's well, sh- thirty eight years later. Congratulations! That's amazing. Um, <laughs> thank, thank I you. I want to play. That's a not game. my stomach. That's my dog growling at someone. Else. That's okay. <laughs> um, I want to play a game with you. Oh, and there oh. goes Kitty. Um, yeah. It's like an old married couple's version of the newlywed game. Oh, um, okay. 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 I'd like you each to answer the same questions about each other. And then uh-huh. you can say if the other person got it right. So I'm going to okay. start with Beth. How many times has Tracy changed her hair color over the last 40 years? 386. Tracy will say 386. Tracy? She's correct. <laughs> Okay, Tracy, how many times has Beth? Um, I'm going to say two. Okay, two, Tracy's probably correct. Two different colors, but I changed them back and forth more than once. Okay, only two different colors. Yeah, yeah. Blonde and red, and we go back and forth. Okay, Tracy, where was Beth born? Um, Arizona. Where in Arizona? No, 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 no. Shoot. Where in Arizona? Oh, no, even to Arizona? No, but because, oh, no. Okay, Beth, LA. where were you? This going? is a hard one. I, this is a hard one. I'm sorry. Well, you were only born okay. in one city. It can't be that <laughs> yeah. hard. I know. It's a hard oh, one no. because I did, I, where I was born, I didn't live for very long. But you were um, born there. I, I was born in Rapid City, South Dakota. Oh, wow. But you you grew up in Arizona. I did in Scottsdale. Yeah, so, look at you trying right, so, to thread the needle on that one. Okay, half a point. Damn right I am. <laughs> <laughs> Beth, where was Tracy born? England. She was born in London. Germany? Is it Germany? 
Germany. Munich. Germany. Yeah. Germany. I couldn't remember if it was Germany first. She got it. Okay, we're going to call that one a draw. I didn't even say South Dakota. But we're going to uh, call yeah. that a draw because she did have the wrong country. <laughs> okay. So, Beth, you're at lunch with Tracy, and she gets up and goes to the ladies' room. When the waiter arrives and you have to order for her, what would you order? Anything vegan-ish. No meat, but fish, yes. Um, anything veg, yes. No gluten. Dairy iffy, absolutely no nuts. Wow. Tracy, is she right? Pretty much. Okay, Pretty tr- much. Tracy, same question. Pretty much. Beth's gone to the bathroom. Um, waiter shows up. What do you ladies want? She'll have a salad with probably chicken on it. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Okay, you guys are both in a hotel room somewhere, and there is one TV you have to share. Beth, what do you choose that would make Tracy happy to watch? Um, something like your show, an entertainment-based talk or n- news or information gathering show, something like we would watch you. So like a pop culture? Yes. Okay, Tracy, same thing. What would you put on so that when Beth walked in, she'd be happy? Horse Network. Is there one? (laughs) (laughs) So like an animal planet. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Horse specifically. (laughs) Um, At one point, you both are going to want to call it a day. I think. Are we? Well, they might, that or they're taking you both out in boxes. One of the two. But I, I think I've decided the best storyline for you two to end with. And I just want to run it past you. Let's hear it. Okay. Let's hear it. I think that your two characters should finally take each other's hands, become lesbian lovers and walk into the sunset together. What do you think? (laughs) But how old are we? 90? Uh, maybe it's just we holding can be 90. Hand. Maybe yeah, maybe you're yeah. 90. Maybe you're just mm-hmm. being buried next to each other. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> you hmm. know, listen, as long as it had good emotional <laughs> <laughs> story and, and we get to work. and we get to sing at the end. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that should be it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's actually it's actually a very sweet finish to complicated lives when people come together that have been lifelong friends or rivals or anything that come together at the end of their lives to celebrate each other and the contributions they've made and to honor companionship. Um, I, I, at 90, I don't know how much lesbian loving I'll be doing, but, (laughs) but I will honor companionship and togetherness and, um, that's ah, that, that it's not it's not the worst of uh, of what's been presented to me before. <laughs> That's really funny. And if we're doing a song, we're going to have to do a medley if it's going to cover our whole lives. <laughs> <laughs> Beth and Tracy, thank you so much once again. We've got the 50th anniversary of The Young and the Restless beginning Thursday, March 23rd at 12:30 p.m. Eastern, 11:30 a.m. Pacific on CBS, and continue with a ton ton of special events the whole following week you don't want to miss it beth and tracy thank you so much you have been an absolute pleasure thank you very much for having us a huda media production